Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community. I'm Tom Brown, and your host today, Pastor Mark Buckley. Welcome to Koinonia. I'm glad to be with you. In the studio with me is Tom Schrader. And um, I first became familiar with Tom a number of years ago. I'd be driving around the valley, occasionally listening to Christian radio. And I started hearing this guy doing interviews, and I thought, wow, I like him. I mean, he's not hes not asking for money. He's not uh, seemingly on some kind of a weird tangent. He's just being a normal, healthy guy asking questions. And, and I thought, I'd like to get to know him. But I never met you for years and years. That's funny. Yeah, I never asked for money, and I never got any. So That's what uh, they say, you know. <laughs> I had the naive notion that if you did radio programs, I thought if they give money to all these guys, they're asking for it continually. They're going to love somebody that never asked for money. Yeah. And I was wrong. We did, in this <laughs> studio even, we did a year or two worth of uh, shows uh, called Book Talk. Yeah. And we would do books and mm-hmm. then it ended up being anybody I wanted to talk right, to. Right, right. So it was really, it was really fun. It is fun, isn't it? And you never know who's listening in. People that you would never expect yeah, you, are listening. Yeah, in. you'll hear something three weeks later mm-hmm. from somebody that you didn't even, yeah, you, you yeah. didn't remember. That's a note to be careful. Right, right. Yeah. Preachers should know. To yeah, be we should know that. I, I'm a storyteller, so what happens is I, I tell a story of what happened in this situation, and half the time. I find out the person showed up for the first time ever, and they're listening to and me tell the story, deal. and then now i got to talk to them after because they're offended. Uh, isn't you know? that funny? Yeah. So uh, we want to get to know you, Tom, up close and personal, your story, how, where you grew up, and when you first started following Christ. Yeah. Well, I grew up, and I don't know why I love to say this, but I grew up in Davenport, Iowa. And I lived. I was uh, lived in Davenport. I was born in 1949, so I'm 67. You can do the math. And I lived there until 1975. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I think about it all the time. I in just a really normal home for Davenport, Iowa, in 19 in the, in the 50s. Yeah. A normal home was same dad, same mom. Same dad, same mom. You could go to walk to school or ride your bike around the neighborhood without walk being afraid. Walk to school mm-hmm. uh, in the morning, came home for lunch, walked back. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, in our class, I knew we had one kid that wore braces. Yeah. Now you see it everywhere. Yeah. And I did not know one kid whose parents were, were divorced. divorced. Yeah. And only one guy whose mom worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that that's was... the same. I grew up in Marin County, Northern California. I was born in 1950. And uh, it was the same deal, the exact same deal. The culture has shifted. Uh, radically. and And I don't know... Sandy and I talk a lot about the past. She was she's younger than I am, but been in St. Louis and kind of the similar deal. But I'm not sure what my parents talked about. Like I, I always wonder if my parents ever thought that they should be happy. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know it ever. I can't recall my dad ever saying, "Did you have?" 
fun today. <laughs> I don't remember ever saying that. Well, here's the one big difference between me and you. I was raised in a Catholic home, and I was afraid if I really gave my life to Christ, he'd not only make me celibate, but he'd send me someplace like Iowa, which I never wanted never to wanted go. Never wanted to go. That's so funny. My guest is Tom Schrader. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. We're going to find out about an incredibly fruitful ministry in life when we come back right after these messages. Back to Koinani. I'm Mark Buckley. My guest is Tom Schrader. Tom was the founder of East Valley Bible Church, one of the great churches in the valley, which became Redemption. We're going to find out all about their network and everything in a few minutes. But Tom, back us up to when you felt really called to follow Jesus. You mentioned you were raised in a in a Catholic home. So was I. Catholic, in fact, Catholic grade school, high school, college. Really, I love to say I was trained in elementary school by the most misnamed group of people in the world, the Sisters of Mercy. <laughs> it was not a lot of mercy. <laughs> they had no no clue, and <laughs> I I was in church a lot and and intrigued by it. And that's probably a great word. I sensed there was something going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, in, and I, I want to say it was my eighth grade year, that summer, the Pope had written an encyclical, mm-hmm. and I spent the summer reading it, which, really? is, which is very rare. Which is very rare. That was Vatican even, II, right? Even now. Yeah, it would have been John the 23rd. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I just remember sitting in my room, which I didn't read much, but but reading that and trying to understand it and thinking there's something going on here but in in my mind it was a it was religion where i had to perform i was on probation yeah yeah and and that's god how, wasn't too happy with you and hell was a possibility and i gave him plenty of reasons to not be happy right right so i i reached a point and and i want to say it was around freshman year of college where I had this view of God that when I died, I'd be before him. I didn't know how, but he had a grand computer, and mm-hmm. he could hit a button. And if there was more good than bad, I went to heaven. More bad than good, I went to hell. And I I really felt, though I didn't see the computer, that that bad stack was pretty high, and I was never going to get there. So I just kind of drifted away, and... and, uh, You know, uh, the same thing happened to me at a younger age, where Christ died on the cross for me. I knew that, and I felt really bad about it, because my life... I was confessing the same sins when I went to confession over and over, and I felt it made me feel guilty. It just made me feel guilty that that I'm di- I'm so disappointed, and what's the point? Yeah, yeah. We were in Mass. My dad was at Mass uh, at, uh, every day most of his life, and so we were there. That's devout. 
that is about. We were there a lot. Mm-hmm. We were obviously our, our Lent, we were there every day, but I, I was in church a lot. And, and I heard all of the things that I teach now, but it was the same words, but, but a different dictionary. It, it didn't connect. It, right. it was just what you said. I, I would go into confession and I didn't have to make up things, but I had to edit the things I was right, going to tell right. them. And then I would come out and I would go, I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure I'm any better off than I was before. So I was in this cycle and I'm sitting one day uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it was March, but I'm not sure. And I'm talking to a friend and he said, I'm going to move to Scottsdale. And this was in the spring of 75. And I said, oh, really? That's interesting. Now, at the time, I did not even know what state Scottsdale was in. But it sounded it, like a nice place. It sounded right. And, his, <laughs> and the pitch was the sun shines there. We had just had 30 days like um, we've just had here, yeah. clouds. And, yeah. and, and at the time, Scottsdale probably had, I don't know, 20,000 people maybe. I don't know. Very small. And anyway, I said, where is it? He said, Arizona. And I said, can I go with you? And he said, sure. I'm going to go the day after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of an annual process that mm-hmm. we all said we're going to move somewhere. Right, right. Uh, and he kept asking and my friends kept asking. And I kept saying, no, I'm going to go. And then about a week before Labor Day, he called and said, hey, you know, I got a truck, and I don't know if you got anything you want to put on it, but we're going. And I said, all right. And the day after Labor Day, he picked me up, and we got out of the Interstate 80. We were maybe 15 miles out of town. And I had this moment where I thought, what What am I doing? <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know one person. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything. I, I, obviously, I didn't even know what state I was going to originally. And I had two hundred and fifty dollars, and and down I came. And it was a long drive in that truck. Uh, got to Flagstaff at night, and stayed right at on what was now like Milton and the mm-hmm. Forty. Mm-hmm. Got up in the morning and saw, you know, San Francisco Peaks, and I thought, this is amazing. This is beautiful. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> And then we started driving down the hill, and the further down we got, it was Not less so awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I came here for the you know the sun, and we got on the Bell Road. Uh-huh. We got right by Turf Paradise, uh-huh. where and we're moving down. And it said, you know, "Welcome to Phoenix or whatever." And the sky opened up, and we got one of those rains like we get. Oh, the torrential thought, downpour. What in the world am I doing? Come all the way here? for this. This is insane. I and and so he had a house, and I stayed there, and then eventually got a, ho- a hotel. Eventually got a apartment, uh, got a job with Motorola. At mm-hmm. the time, they were the largest employer in the state, mm-hmm. which shows how things change. They had fifty-five thousand employees that's big though. yeah about the really capacity big. of sun devil stadium is fifty six thousand two hundred and thirty two yeah. so that's how big motorola was. and what were you doing for him i sold it motorola had a a sales arm mm-hmm. on their on their 
products, they're two-way communication products. So in the old One Adam 12 show, you'd see the mm-hmm. the Motorola radio. Well, you could only buy, the, buy those from Motorola. So I, I uh, got a job with Motorola, and since I was from Iowa, they put me in the ag department. Well, I oh, didn't yeah. know. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know a pig from a cow. <laughs> but my first territory was now where the church is. It was the East Valley. Uh-huh. And I got a stack of files. And I'm talking to a guy, and he said, this guy is really a good customer. Start with him. Mm-hmm. And it was Dwayne Dobson. So Dobson Ranch, oh, Dobson really? Road. So I called Dwayne Dobson, and I said, you know, I'm the new Motorola guy. He said, great, that's terrific. I said, I'd love to get together for breakfast. And he said, when? And I said, well, I'm wide open. And he said, well, why don't you come by the ranch? Now in the rest of my life, my calendar's gotten up. Yeah, exactly. You're (laughs) it. He said, why don't you come by the ranch house tomorrow morning at 4? 4? And I, said, and I said, why don't I mean she had eight for lunch? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And, and so off we were. And that was my I, – I got to work at Motorola. I did pretty well with it. Um, and in the middle of that, uh, I, they transferred me. I did a one-year stint in Pueblo, Colorado, mm-hmm. which was just – not very good, mm-hmm. and um, got married there, came back, and was absolutely devastated. I had no idea what to do with anything. And someone said to me, you should get into real estate. Real estate's a good mm-hmm. business. And I said, well, I don't want to sell houses. And they said, well, do commercial and, you know, if you could get on at Colwell Banker, that's the best. Yeah. And so I went down there and uh, got a job. It took a long time, a lot of interviews, and got a job. And it was it was there that I I started to grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between commercial real estate and residential real estate is like the difference between ping pong and Wimbledon practically, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's, just, it's, it's a very, different it's very, world. It's very different. Competitive. And, and it, it, it depends on how you're wired. Mm-hmm. But uh, the commercial was, it, it, this, this, and I don't know that these words are right, the stakes are a little bit higher. Sure. The clients you're dealing with are a little more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's more cutthroat any way you look at it. Yeah, yeah. More, more... Competitive. It, it just fit for me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went to work down there, and uh, I had a moment. I was a drinker. That was my deal. I would drink a lot. And I got drunk at a fight, uh, Ray Boom Boom Mancini, if mm-hmm. you remember that yeah, name. Yeah. And Ed Two Tall Jones was a boxer there yeah. anyway. And I got stopped in South Phoenix and uh, with a DUI, and my wife came to get me. She was eight and a half months pregnant, and I'm not too I'm, happy. I'm just coming out of there, and I, I'm lost. So the next day, I sat down with a guy, and I explained to him what happened, and he said to me, "You need Jesus." And, really? And I said, 
Have you got anything else? <laughs> What's the other uh, option? Well, you got anything? Is there anything else? And that was in December. And I just kind of wandered around. And then that March, there were three guys from our office that went to a Bible study that was led by a guy by the name of Larry Wright. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know Larry but I knew these guys went to this study. So I went to one of them. It was on a Thursday morning, the study. I went to one of them. I said, can I go to this study? And, and he said, it's for anyone. Everybody. So with the bar being that high, I was able to, I was able to in. get in. And I, I, I walked in and I sat down. There may be 30 guys in the room and Larry started teaching. Okay, pause right there. We're going we're gonna to come back after this break. My guest is uh, Tom Schrader, one of the great Bible teachers in this valley. We're finding out his background and listening to his story. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Corn and I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. My guest is Tom Schrader. Tom, um, you walked into a Larry Wright Bible study for the first time after being raised a Catholic, and what was the experience like listening to him teach the Word? It was, uh, uh, as I said right before the break, there were about 30 guys in the room, and when Larry started, it was like, like in a movie where you—, you you see one person clear and everyone fades yeah, away. Yeah. It was like there were just the two of us in this room. And he he started talking, and they were concepts I was familiar with, that Jesus died, mm-hmm. rose again, died for me. But it seemed different. I, I, he seemed different. I didn't know why. It was just different. And I walked out of there. I didn't know how to unpack what I heard. And I went back to the office and got the phone book. And there were some Larry's and Lawrence's and all sorts of rights. And I kind of did the close the eyes, hit mm-hmm. the phone book and figured I'll just call this guy. And I called the number. The voice said, hello. And I said, I'm Tom Schrader. And I was at a Bible study this morning. There was a guy teaching. His name was Larry Wright. Do you know him? You know, I can find him. And, of course, you you can imagine. He said, "Eh, that's me. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow. Well, I said, you were really incredible, and I'd like to meet with you. So this was Thursday afternoon. So we met Tuesday morning at the Humpty Dumpty on uh-huh. Central, just north of Camelback. This was like seventy six, was it? Or? It would have been. This would have been no later than that. That would have. This was nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. Okay. Yeah. So we sit down, and I'm asking Larry all these questions 
do you really believe in Adam and Eve and mm-hmm. Jonah and the Bible? You, you know all the right, questions. Right. And he had, and I don't know how, I don't remember any of his answers other than they were all right, correct. But he, he was very firm and never changed or waffled, but he, but he, but it was like he cared. There was a, it, it wasn't harsh. Yeah. And it just, it just. It wasn't my way or the highway. He was just. No, he yeah. just, he was incredible. So we got done and uh, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the Bible, but there's a lot of other great books and I need to read those too. And, and, and he said, all right, that's a good idea. Um, why didn't you start? not unusual technique, with the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tuesday night, I read the Gospel of John, and it might as well have been in Greek. It didn't yeah. make any difference to me. I knew the stories or some of them. And mm-hmm. and so the next morning, Wednesday morning, I'm sitting at McCormick Ranch waiting for a client, and on the seat next to me was a copy of a four spiritual law book that I must have picked up at that Bible study. It's the only place it would have come from. And so I'm reading it. You know, you're a sinner. And I thought, well, that's the one thing we have enough empirical data to support. I got that. Jesus died. Got that. Died for my sin. Got that. Rose from the dead. Got that. And if you believe, you will have faith. You will be saved. You'll have eternal life. And so at that moment right there uh, in language that we struggle with, but I gave my life to Christ. I, I became a believer. Wow. And I remember looking around and going, "What you know, what should happen now? Angels or bells or something. So nothing happened. Went home. Next morning's Thursday. So it's Bible study day again. I walked in. Larry's in the front, and I walked up to him. He said, hi. I said, hi, and and I told him what happened, and he hugged me. And I thought, oh, my golly, they're huggers. <laughs> We're going to be hugging every day forever now. And he 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 was un, he was just amazing. He was very encouraging to me. And that, that Bible study became just a steady part of, of my week. Yeah. And— uh, the way that I would would say it is everywhere that Larry went, Tom was sure to go. <laughs> I followed him everywhere. I carried lit, literally carried his briefcase. He had rheumatoid arthritis and mm-hmm. he was very weak. And I carried his tape recorder and set up his tape recorder. And he became just a key figure in my life. A real mentor, huh? A real mentor. A, a real friend, yeah. Um, somebody that that I could talk to, who was wise. He had three daughters. Mm-hmm. I had at the time one, and then pretty quickly another one. And uh, you know, how do you make the marriage thing work? Right, right. And I didn't have any clue in that. So my wife was nowhere spiritually. She'd only been in a church like three times in her life. And uh, she tells us, she she told the story. I don't remember this. I'm going to assume it's true because she told it. Right. But she said I would come home every day and say to her, did you come to Jesus today? 
she would say no, and I would say you're going to hell. <laughs> and that should have done it. I don't know why she just, didn't just that jump into winsome. the kingdom. <laughs> and so one day I came home. And this is her story. And I said, did you accept Jesus today? No, you're going to hell. She said, are you going to be there? And I said, no. And she said, then it can't be that bad. <laughs> And so it wasn't good. Yeah. I, I wasn't good. I was the opposite of uh-huh. how Larry handled me. And so one night I set up this <laughs> this come over for coffee uh, with Larry and uh-huh. Sue. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, Larry and I are going to go for a walk. Uh-huh. You know, Sue, you figure this out. And so Sue sent Susan to Scottsdale Bible Church. They mm-hmm. had a women's Bible study, and what they used to do, I have no idea if they do it now. If you were new, this sounds pretty intimidating, but it was exactly what she needed. They would kind of bring you out from the other ladies and assign you to an an older lady. Mm-hmm. And this lady took Susan aside, and within a couple of weeks, God changed her heart. Really, and, and so it was just so. The, in spite of you, she wanted into the kingdom. Seems, yeah, she wasn't sure heaven was going to be that good <laughs> yeah. if I was there. So, uh, it, 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 you know, it, cha- it changed everything. Yeah. So Larry Wright's ministry really started to grow as well, didn't it? Larry's yeah. ministry grew. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it did. It started to grow numerically. It was um, it really targeted at businessmen mm-hmm. and uh that was his that was his thing and that that grew and then uh, we had I, I always called her Rosa Parks we had a woman who wanted to come uh-huh. and uh and that was this tragic moment yeah. and <laughs> just like Augusta or some yeah, iconic yeah, place yeah, huh? what's going to happen and and the, the ministry just grew uh, I convinced Larry, which I see now with the pain, how hard it had to be to do a Tuesday night study for couples. Yeah. So that was our outlet. So he was teaching. Uh, he was really affiliated with an organization called PAO, Pro Athletes Outreach. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you remember Christian Women's Club. Yeah, yeah. But they loved Larry. And Larry... Larry and Sue became really known for teaching uh, on marriage and particularly. Well, another man that um, Larry led to the Lord, just like you, who has also followed in Larry's footstep is Jimmy Walker. Yeah. You know, and what's amazing, I mean, if all he accomplished in his life was leading you two to the Lord, Jimmy's had all these incredible outreaches. He's an evangelist to the rich and the famous and you to the poor and the downtrodden. (laughs) That doesn't sound right when you say it out loud. Um, so uh, tell us, were you going? started going to church then, too? Well, How did you I, become a pastor? I started going to Larry's Sunday school class. He was teaching at Bethany Bible Church, mm-hmm. and he had a Sunday school class. And I went into church, and it wasn't working for me. Yeah. I, I thought, I'll go to the Sunday school. All I need is teaching. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a while, and Larry kept saying, you need to be in church. It's yeah. a church. Yeah. And the more I read the Scripture, the more I saw that. So I started going to 
Bethany Bible, Dr. Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And Bethany Bible has been one of the most prolific churches in America, probably, when you think of all the churches that came out of Bethany Bible, amazing? right? And, I, and, I, and I, I didn't know Dr. Mitchell, but I'd love to be able to talk to him today and say, where did that come from? Right, because right. now it's the thing to do. Well, yeah. I mean, Trinity Bible came out of there, Camelback Bible. Desert Springs. Uh, Desert Springs. Northwest um, Community, I think. Um, Grace, was it Grace Community or Grace Bible? I don't think Grace did. One of those down there. Bethany Community, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And and then out of uh, Camelback Bible comes Scottsdale Bible, and out of there comes North Bible and Desert View Bible. It's unbelievable. You know, it is. And it came out of there. So that was church for me. Uh We then moved to Tempe, and I started uh, going to Grace Community Church. Uh And... In the midst of this, what probably was the biggest thing is Larry said, you, you need to start a small group. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I, I don't know anything. And he said, they won't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of people I'll attract. Yeah, right. And so we just got six or seven guys together mm-hmm. and started meeting. And those I, 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 for years, did a small group wherever I was. Mm-hmm. And we would see God use that to change the environment, really. You started in the teaching the word, and people started responding. Yeah, it started one Wednesday morning, or then Thursday. Larry was not going to be there. Yeah. And he said, I want you to do a testimony. And I said, Well, I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, Do it. And when I got done, it was, it was like this incredible moment for me. And a gentleman by the name of Les Taylor was teaching a Sunday school class at Grace Community Church. And I have no idea why he asked me to substitute for him. All right. The rest is history. Stay tuned. My guest is uh, Tom Schrader, and he's going to tell us the story of the development of a whole ministry movement in the valley Mm. that ended up being redemption. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Coin and I'm Mark Buckley, and I'm glad to host today Tom Schrader. Tom's telling us how he developed one of the great churches in the Valley and what's become one of the great movements. Uh, you started just teaching home group, home group, and then testimony. and Yeah, a Sunday school class. The lesson was 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Uh, I never forget that. And I taught, and I, and I just I loved it. And then... What would happen is Larry would, when he was gone, he would ask me to substitute. Now, it's really important here. I have no training, not been to school. I said to Larry, how do you put a lesson together? And Mm -hmm. he said, I I don't know. It just happens. And so I just did what came natural. It did come natural to me. You know, I I developed my own approach and style. And, and probably the pivotal moment, there were a, a, a guy in Tucson 
George Meal, and they had developed uh, La Paloma, the hotel. Mm-hmm. They called Larry and said, we want you to come to Tucson and do this that you do up there. And he said, I won't, but call Tom. He'll do it. So I went down and kind of an audition, and there's yeah. like 10 guys in the room. And I said, let's do this. I'll teach a book, and I'll commit to do a book. You commit to bring one guy, mm-hmm. and we'll do a book. And that's the extent of our commitment. We'll see what happens. And so we started with 20 guys, and God just blew this thing up. We ended up with three, 350 guys Wonderful. every Wednesday morning. So I'd get up, drive to Tucson, teach and drive back. And it got so big that we then added lunch. So I had taken a whole day mm-hmm. out of my business week and and not fair to my business partner. I'm not really right. performing at work. Because and you're loving this new ministry I more just, than I anything else I, you were I, doing. And here's how, it was, here's how I knew that, that something was up. I'd get a message from somebody I didn't know in Tucson and a message from a client, and I'd call the guy in Tucson back first. Because he wanted to know something about the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And so I went to Larry and said, listen, I think I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to do something. I don't know what. And and it seems, again, obvious, but he said, well, maybe you should join me and work with me. And, and so I said, okay. And we talked about it, and there were all sorts of economic issues to figure out, uh, like how you're going to make a living. Yeah, because he wasn't a big fundraiser himself, was he? I mean, he, he didn't, didn't do any. Yeah. Yeah, none. Never ask. So I went to work for him, and and I after and I can't explain it, but I went to him and I said, I want to start my own thing. Mm-hmm. And this this is this this is all you need to know about Larry. He asked some hard tell me why, tell me what you're thinking. And a lot of people at that point would be pretty upset. They'd say, hey, you're supposed to be with me. Now you're competing against you're me. You're competing against me. I brought. He went in, got his checkbook, wrote me a check, and said, you're going to need some money to get this thing started. Oh, isn't that beautiful? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. So that was in... Uh, I started Priority Living in January of 1991. Mm-hmm. Still do it today. Um, used to do six of them. Now I do three. And in the in the course of teaching that, uh, just looked at church and said, "We we can do church. We can yeah. we can start a church." Uh, it's again it's hard to rewind it's 1991 so it's 25 years ago there were no resources around like there are now and we just got together and did the best we could let's teach the bible um, let's try to figure out how to disciple people let's take care of kids and that was our vision uh-huh. that's not very much and so that was east valley bible church that was east valley bible church and eventually you got land and it grew yeah well i was doing a exit interview there was a couple leaving the church and and what was happening we were meeting on sunday night mm-hmm. in another church and we were we there was no more we could do physically yeah, yeah. And I'm walking out the door, and the guy said, "Everybody's waiting for you to lead. You need to, you you you, you need to get mm-hmm. this 
church built. And there was a businessman in town, Mike Notham, who said, I've got this piece of land in escrow. I'd be willing to, you know, sell it to you guys. You could put the church there. And so he divided it up and we built what was, you know, essentially phase one. And then about, I don't know, a year later, he deeded everything to us, well, uh, gifted us. That's the Lord launching you, isn't totally. it? Totally, yeah. It's wonderful. And so that began to to grow, and we were doing seven services on Sunday morning. Wow. On Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, four, five, and six. Well, they weren't very long services. That's well, one reason we were using why Protestants two bu- We were using them. two buildings. <laughs> right. Yeah, they weren't very long. We were using two buildings, and uh-huh. we passed the band on the way over. Wow. wow. And, uh, and then did a kind of a video link between uh-huh. the two. And, and we were at a point where uh, we were losing, I would say, losing some of that freshness that you have yeah. when you start. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Justin Anderson was at Praxis. Yeah. And uh, Tyler Johnson knew them, knew him, and in kind of an odd, weird way, because usually in a church merger, there's there's a somebody who needs some help. Right, right. We Somebody's a, about to die, and they take, you know. Yeah, we had a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin had a lot of enthusiasm, mm-hmm. uh, new ideas. And we sat, and the conclusion was, and this was to me the compelling reason to do this, was that we thought we could do what we wanted to do better and faster together than apart. Right, right. And so we became Redemption Church. And Redemption Church initially had two campuses? It was was actually three. There was Uh the Gilbert campus, Tempe, and then we were at... uh, 42nd Street and Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, Justin had started a, a, a campus right, there. Right, Arcadia. Arcadia. Um, and now, today, how many campuses? Ten. Ten campuses and thousands of people involved. We're going to find out about the um, whole redemption vision, and, and, and it's a really unique uh, church model that I think is doing great things. But I also wanted to ask you about some of the grief and sadness you've been through, Tom, in the midst of all that God was doing with redemption. Your wife was very sick, and mm-hmm. that had to take a huge toll on you. Talk I, to us about that a bit. I think it took a really big toll, far bigger than I understood at the time. Yeah, uh, That was how I um, decided I needed to step out. Mm-hmm. I, I Redemption was at a time where it really needed leadership, right. and I was a doing a, this is my eval, mm-hmm. not a very good job, a crummy job. Well, you're, you're a great Bible teacher, but Tyler Johnson's a great leader. Right? <laughs> it's two different gifts. Teaching yeah. and leading are two yeah. different spiritual gifts. Yeah, yeah. And so we needed, it needed some leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan got sick. She was sick for seven years yeah. uh, with cancer. And they told us from the beginning that this is inoperable, treatable, and one of the doctors said she has six, maybe a year, six months, a year to live. And that just went on. And that was really hard. I bet. I mean, which, I mean, it's a pressure. It's a dark cloud. It's a heartbreak. Because by then, you were probably finally the husband that she had been hoping for. for <laughs> I don't know I ever years. got there. <laughs> well, not completely. But I, it, I, uh, it, 
yeah, I mean, it's just a very hard. I'd I'd never been in that place before. I'd never I'd never done grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. I'd never done any of these things, and um, and I and I and I stepped up and did a lot of it. I'm not sure I was the greatest caregiver the world's ever seen, but mm-hmm. but I I decided, and it makes me sound way better than I am to kind of shrink my world, yeah. kind of back to her world. And there was just no way to, you know, you just needed somebody there. And if not, if not physically, emotionally. I just uh, did the memorial service for a man whose wife had ALS for nine years, and he slept in the same bed with her till she died. Mm. And that was brutal and wonderful all at the same time. Because when a man stays faithful to his wife mm. through the sickness, um, it is a precious, precious testimony. I, I am gotta be one of the most selfish people on the planet. And what about me mm-hmm. is the first thing that comes up into my mind. And and so in this, it, it you, you you can't be thinking just about you. Right. It impacts you, but you. And you're dealing with somebody that's so sick that she can't even say thank you. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, there are just times, I mean, this is right. way too honest, but there are just times where all I want to hear is thank you. Yeah. And and she's... She's just desperate. She yeah. There's nothing we, she can do. Yeah. So it was a very... There was a lot going on in life right then. Yeah, and what what I learned, my son drowned when he was 16 years old, and uh, fortunately I was only 42, but um, grief just, it took a toll on me. Crying takes a toll on you. Uh, the the it's, um, David talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You have to experience death from somebody really close to you yeah. before it becomes a shadow. Yeah. And it is a shadow, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you can't. I, I uh, there is no way to understand it until you're there. It's it's trying to explain it. I have a a lupus now, so one of the th- challenges I have is just this chronic fatigue. Yeah. And Susan used to say to me, "Well, I'm tired," and I would think, "Well, we all get tired. Get right. up." And yeah. now, now I'm so get tired, it. yeah. it's just hard. So you have to experience it. My guest is Tom Schrader. He's uh, been the founder of one of the great movements in this valley, Redemption Church Network. We're going to find out more about that when we come back. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. We'll be back after these messages. guest has been um, Tom Schrader. I keep wanting to say Larry Wright, but I could get stuck on Tom, uh, Tom Schrader. I, wi- I wish. <laughs> I, I interviewed Larry back in the day, and I also went to his Bible study when I first came here in 1984, and uh, I felt very privileged because he had been a radio man himself. Just he had. Like he, was, 
in the in the day he was dominated the yeah, market. Yeah. He used to be on thirteen sixty. Really? Yeah, that was their call letters. They were crocs then. Yeah. And he was the rock and roll guy. And then he became the morning drive guy on uh, KTAR. That's a pretty good gig, too. Yeah. Um, so, Tom, if you want to just close us out here, there are a lot of people that are sort of drifting. They don't understand why being part of a church is a real benefit to somebody's yeah. life. What have you learned about well, how the body of Christ functions? You're... You're wired as a person for community. That's why you're joining the gym or you're joining the Elks or you're joining whatever. The community that God has for the believers is the church. And and even if it's not what can I get out of it, it's how does God use you in the midst of that community mm-hmm. on a on a on a Sunday in a small group. The, the the one another's, the sharing, the challenges that are unique in a body of believers that come together, that take communion together, that worship together, that study together, that encourage and build up one another. And, and I constantly reminding myself now, because now I go to church. Yeah. I'm constantly reminding myself, I'm here to be fed, but I'm here to serve too. Amen and amen. My guest has been Tom Schrader. Uh, He leads a great redemption network, and you can look them up on the web, look for your nearest redemption church. And uh, Tom, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Mark. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. You can look us up at livingstreams.org. Come and visit us. We'd love to have you anytime. And wherever you go, serve the Lord with all your heart. You'll be glad you did. God bless. Thank you.